live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion. Hi, it's Hot Tip Hill. It's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine. Featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockburf. And now we talk Actually, We're here going. we go. Yeah, let's let's get going, man. Already on a Skype pipe is Kyle Von Kubik. That's me. My shoes are on. I'm ready to go. Fuck sneakers. Fuck socks. I got shoes. Yeah. Dress shoes. I'm now, running. Now, is it just feet on shoe? Yes. Ew. Is that going to be a problem? Well, that's leather on stinky feet. Think about <laughs> it for a half hour. All right. Ooh. <laughs> I only have socks on because, uh, speaking of stink and stinky the game master, no. When you buy the cheap slippers, after about two months, they're not slippers, they're stinkers. Yeah, they get a little skeezy. Yeah, and they start falling apart and you can't even tie them anymore anyway. Uh, I am Wiggly and in the booth, Mr. Anilay. Today we're going to talk about a game that we gave a hint for last time, which is a shooter. I love shooters. Yeah, I love shooters. Everybody, what's that guy's name? Oh, Adam. Adam. Yeah, this one's for Adam. Yeah, going to review a shooter, Adam. <laughs> a vertical shooter. I lose sleep over the things that Adam presents me with. Oh, please don't. No, I do. And I was thinking about I don't know this crunk music or something. And then there's like dark crunk and happenstance crunk and you know lifty doodle <laughs> crunk. Yeah, crunk. I mean there's all these stupid little subgenres of all these stupid names of dance music and EDM and you know what he was saying EDM. I don't give a shit about that. This is a shooter. <laughs> all right, all it's right. A shooter, but it's not only a shooter. It's also a racer shooter, race yeah. game shooter. It's called. Kingdom Grand Prix, mm -hmm. and it came out in 1994. Now, who thought of doing this game? Oh, that was th this is my pick. Yeah, well, you picked a stinker. What? <laughs> I know everybody thinks this is a great game, and I know you. I know you do too. You're you're flipping yeah. out about this game, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Um, I definitely played this on the Saturn when it came out for the Saturn, and I would agree with you that it was a great game. But then visiting the arcade game. A little bit different, and but I'll let you take this one away, but let me just get in my making mechanics a little bit. 1984 was 1942 by Capcom, <laughs> and I think that has some type of the feel of Kingdom Grand Prix, so that's why I bring that up. I'm not going all the way back on this one. I think that was the first game, 1942, that really um, reminded me of this. For some reason, a lot of people in the scene... Compare this to 1991's Armored Police Unit Gallop by Irem, which 
is a fucking great game, but right. it is horizontal, not vertical like this game. The only similarity between it, because they're completely different, the only similarity between it is being that, well, they're both shooters, but if right. you try to rush or gallop <laughs> to the, your spaceship, <laughs> you do not gallop. Uh, if you try to push your spaceship towards the right-hand side of the screen because it's horizontal, you will go faster through the level, which I don't think it has any point score it might it might but as you would expect from an irem shooter like an r type or something like that really great game and um we've definitely got to review this game at some point in the future and then the next uh, game that i think would go right into this would be 1993's batsugan by toplin because kingdom grand prix came in in 94 and graphically batsugan i think blows kingdom grand prix away and maybe that's wow. yeah because you have a lot more level you have a lot more parallax on batsugan okay but you don't have as, as many players and as you'll talk about what's impressive about uh, grand prix and then uh, 1995 was don pachi by cave and as i mentioned that was um, to me the real first bullet hell game this is not a bullet hell game this is quite a unique title the other reason that it reminds me of batsugan is batsugan you could also choose the characters that you want to be and this yeah. game has character choices as well mm-hmm. and wacky racer different types of vehicles really yes. plus one person that just flies around which i always love and that was of course the first person i was gotcha another interesting thing about kingdom grand prix not one button we we action no there's two buttons two button control deck making we we action impossible to happen for this game plus a joystick so you go ahead and talk about it i'm gonna sit back and listen i'm not saying i hated this game i want you to interject uh, okay, because, yeah, definitely. Number the, one, I yeah. turned down the difficulty to easy and <laughs> right. bumped well, up I my continues, bumped up my continues to okay. the most continues, uh, not continues, but uh, lives that you could have. There's also a mode on the arcade version which could make you invincible. So that's really nice if you want to see the but end of this you're game. You're not heeding the advisory in the game, which clearly states chicken is no need. <laughs> chicken is no need. Yes, chicken is no need, so I'm afraid you did not play the game how it was supposed to be played. Did you write down the ending text? Because that was fantastic as well. No, I I didn't, because I couldn't get to the ending, because I'm like you. I played it on normal difficulty, and it is super fucking challenging. God. How about the death screen? I think that had some weird text on it, too. There's some great anguish in this game. But I mean, it's it's like some of the weirdest, because it's not just mistakes with tense. Sentences... Don't make any sense at all. (laughs) No. In fact, uh, in the attract screen, when they're telling you the story of how Kingdom Grand Prix came to be, here's just a little bit of it. A time when magic and machine ruled the country. Okay. That's fair enough. Not too bad. Uh, And I'm digging this. Dispute continued without sign of seize, as in seizure, fire, (laughs) comma, Among the remaining evil, even after a year, from the Gorbian War, leaving all fearing of futility without a way out. The fuck did you say? Uh, so oh. that just gives you a taste. But what it boils down to is uh, in this fictional world, there was an ongoing war without any end in sight. And the emperor of this country decided instead of having more bloodshed, let's have each uh, kingdom, I guess, or um, group of people or tribe select their best racer 
mm-hmm. to compete in these races, and then whoever wins the race wins. It's sort of like um, the Hunger Games many years before the Hunger Games oh, right. came out. Yeah. You know what this game reminds me of? I just thought of it, and I really have to mention it because I'll forget forget the name of it. Mm-hmm. Man, when Star Wars uh, speeder bikes came out for the computer and N64 with the... Oh, Pod the, Racer. Yeah, Pod Racer. That's it. Okay, and, you, yeah. and you needed the freaking expansion card to play that, I think. How good um, is that in the arcade? You remember that? I do not remember it in the arcade. I, oh, I only remember it on God. my Mac. They had the fiberglass pod you'd sit in. Oh. And it had two... Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Levers that you would... Pound uh, like that was awesome, right? You know, I mean, that a big movie hubbub. was fucking shit, <laughs> but that game yeah. was great. Yeah, it's like if they made a good Quidditch game of the yes. Harry Potter films. I don't think there's really any good way to make a good Quidditch game. It's unless you're one of those fucking geeks holding the broom between your legs <laughs> on a football field and throwing a ball around. <laughs> Is that real? Yes. (laughs) And they're dressed up like the Harry Potter people. See how comfortable we got as a species. We used to run away from, you know, huge mammals twice our size that wanted to devour us. And now we're cosplaying in a football field. Trying to wiggle brooms between our legs to use two hands. Um, Uh, Anyway, uh, it really reminds me of that pod racer merged with doom so like if we want to take this in this game into the 3d world that's what it would be you'd be going <laughs> around in your pod racer yeah because you'd be going around in your pod racer trying to f- fire at enemies of doom or you know one of the, one of those games there is um, a beholder in this game so i see the ah, aren't there bosses in doom as well anyway if we would take this into the 3d world i think that's what it would be having to shoot enemies while you're trying to race other people in pods gotcha yeah so as the track mode describes, there's some heavy fantasy tropes in mm. this game mixed in with your, not steampunk, but, you know, there's robots and stuff with your dragons. And it, it, as far as the setting or staging was concerned, it reminded me of a game I've talked about in the past, Shining Force, which merges the two as well. Well, Magic definitely, definitely Honest John is steampunk. Yeah. It also reminded me of the tabletop game Warhammer, not Warhammer 40,000, but Warhammer, which also kind of merged the two where there was like your medieval fantasy goblins and dragons, but they had devices that looked like panzer tanks. Right, 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 right. As far as gameplay is concerned, and this is where, you know, maybe I'll surprise you. I'm a little critical as well. It is a standard shooter. What makes this game of note for me is the music. Oh, yeah. And the sprite art. The sprite art is beautiful. No, there's not a lot of parallax scrolling. And there's not a ton of effects. There's some good effects, but nothing that jumps out at you. But the the choices in the art direction and the way that those choices were handled as far as when you see like a full figured image of the characters Mm -hmm. and the choices that their ships are to correspond with them and then the way their power-ups and bombs are handled... I really liked it. And I also liked that the sprite decision to make them very small, uh, similar to Boogie Wings, opens up the screen real estate to have a lot coming at you. And no, it's not a manic shooter or a bullet hell. It seems like it's a lot more um, fast paced than a standard shooter. But if you step back from all the colors and flashing, you'll realize this as you play the game. It's not as 
crazy as it seems on the screen. There's a lot of things happening below because you are flying above, you know, cities and castles and things. And there's just little things happening below you. And it seems like there's a lot happening on the screen. And it's nice how the game handles that. But there's not a lot of obstacles in the beginning um, when you're playing. Uh, But the game is challenging because of all the flash that is happening. It's distracting. It's a very distracting game. Well, you have eight other people that you're racing against. Right. That's the other thing I'm going to critique a little bit about this game. Now, I don't know what it was like on the Sega Saturn. The Sega Saturn's version came out in 1996. I did not play that. Well, it was beautiful, but, but you could turn off the race feature. Okay. And just play and it as a pure shooter. here's the thing about the race feature. Yeah. It's probably the weakest portion of this game. And because of that, it's unfortunate because if it was developed better, it would have made this game more fun, in my opinion. But when you start out, you see all these these different racers. You said there was eight, right? Yes. There's a bunch of different fantasy tropes represented in the different character selections. All your favorites are there. You have Gain the Fighter, mm-hmm. Shida the Witch. <laughs> you have Miyamoto. Cheetah. You have Miyamoto, who is not defined by his race, because although he's a dragon, he's listed as a samurai. Okay. Yes. You have uh, Bornam, who's your necromancer. Nirvana, who is a huge fairy. Now, (laughs) she's a huge fairy in two aspects. Um, She is the size of everybody else's ship, so she is quite big. And um, I don't imagine her breasts lead to aerodynamics. (laughs) Because they are ginormous. That's a person. Uh, but again, I this is a right Japanese away. game, so there has to be some misogyny in there sure. somewhere. And that's who um, I picked to play right away. And again, all your favorite fantasy tropes are in here. You have your goblin, goblin captain, Bulgin. Yeah. Or, you know, Bulgin. you look Nirvana enough, you'll get a bulge. Um, <laughs> we touched on Honest John, who is your steampunky type robot. And then everybody's favorite fantasy character, kids, <laughs> which is Kickle and. Uh, Lakel. Yeah. Lakel. Uh, why are there kids in this game? I don't know, but it does list all these different job classes that you'd expect from a uh, fantasy RPG and then just goes, yeah, kids. Kids are in here too. <laughs> sort of like a gunslinger in Gauntlet. I love how Bulgin is obviously some type of World War One German. <laughs> yeah. He's twirling his mustache and everything. He's wearing a spiked helmet. Um, so he might as well be like the Red Baron. And everybody's ship, honestly, it is like wacky racers. Yes. You think the Ant Hill Gang's going to be in one of these uh, <laughs> ships or something? And their power ups also are represented by their characters. So, mm. you know, the fighter, he's shooting swords. The necromancer shoots this um, purple mist that's um, skull vapors. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it's green, actually. It's one of the colors. But they all correspond to the characters as far as how they power up, what their bombs are. Some really cool bomb animation, some really cool animation. The, the artwork and the music are what really drew me to this game. Mm-hmm. As far as gameplay is concerned, I agree with you. It's not an awesome shooter. It it doesn't do anything all that new. And the one element that it was trying to do new with the racing kind of falls flat on because at the beginning of the stage, here's all the racers. They say go. You push your joystick all the way forward to get a lead the way I found it and the difficulty I was finding. Depending on what character you picked, because of their set predetermined speed, Mm -hmm. like I played Bulgin, the uh, goblin, a couple times. I couldn't get past third place. I'd be in the lead, but then I guess because of his speed setting, I couldn't ever get to that first place rank. But meanwhile, when I did play as Nirvana, her speed attribute was higher. I could hit that first place mark. So it felt like it was tacked on. 
Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have felt like it was tacked on because the whole premise of the game is this <laughs> wacky racers yeah. type of yeah. gimmick. I think I could sum it up a little bit. There's a quarter of a speedometer in the lower left, and that indicates what speed you're at. When it's at the top, mm-hmm. you're going really, really fast. And then there's also this thing on the left-hand side that shows you where you are in conjunction to the other seven cars or <laughs> spaceships or a giant fairy. If you start firing at enemies, you're going to slow your, your ship down. Mm-hmm. Thing, so try to have as many bombs as you can, because then you can clear people out of your way, even if you're in front of the enemies. And that's one of the unique things about this, because it is a racer, you can actually get on top of your enemies and not take damage from them by bumping into them. You only blow up if they shoot you. And there's a lot of different shots that they have. They can freeze you in blocks of ice, and they can do all these different things. But unless you get hit with a bullet, it's kind of hard for you to be blown up. Mostly, you're going to lose speed, and that means you're not going to come in first in the race. I came in last the first times I started playing. I didn't know... I was supposed to try, and you'll see the other characters just passing you and passing yeah. some of the enemies and stuff. That's um, what I don't like about the game, too, is right. I get them going past the little baddies, because you can do that, too. Mm-hmm. But when we get up to the boss battles, right. you'll see them whiz past, and you know they'll occasionally shoot, but you don't have that opportunity to whiz past the boss. So no. you have to defeat the boss relatively quickly to stay in the race. And for me... That's troublesome for this game. Definitely takes away from the fun factor of it because I just felt that that was kind of cheap. And then, and if that's the case, let's not make it a racing game. Right, right. You and know, if we're all, if you get to the boss first and then they come up behind you, they should be stuck there with you fighting the boss. And that adds an interesting element too if they're sure. there shooting with you. Yeah, yeah. You know. I love the bosses in here, and I love some of the elements of the things coming out of the dungeons, the little creatures that hold mm. you in their mouth. Yeah, like the slime snake. Oh, and yeah. you, it's very hard to beat him, so you have to try to avoid a lot of things in this game. So, I mean, there's a lot of avoidance in this game, and power-ups are pretty huge that mm. you can try to capture them. They're just giant rectangular books with letters on them. They're difficult to catch. They are we, difficult. We've talked about this in previous episodes mm-hmm. where sometimes the items are easy to catch because they bounce at the bottom. These things drop like rocks. They have a, a slope arc up and then they just fall and you got to get it or miss it. But know? at least they're large. They are relatively large. Yeah, they're about the same size as your ship. The other thing is I would recommend trying to get someone with a, like a full screen bomb. As I mentioned, I think using your bomb in here is going to really help you because I'm pretty certain that when other spaceships are trying to pass you in a game, uh, especially at the boss battles, if you drop a bomb, it kicks them back. But there's some people that only have a bomb that goes in front of them and only clears out a little bit. So those are probably faster cars or something, or vehicles or whatever like that. But using the the big bomb, bigger bomb, tended to help me get ahead in this title. We should mention that after the first initial race, you get to choose your path of where you go next. Oh, right. Yeah, That's an element I really like. And I don't know if we explored the same areas. It sounds like we did because we explored the one dungeon with the beholders and the the slimy snakes. Mm Mm-hmm. Either underwater or there's some weird mist in the air, but there's some sort of overlay that's going past you. There's a shark being eaten by worms. And when you shoot the shark, the worms come out of the shark and go after you. And although there's not a lot of parallax and there's games that, Mm -hmm. that do the effects well, there was just little attentions to detail where I really like the 
biggest drawback is that racing part about that game, mm. about this game. If that was tighter, I think that I'm still amped about the game because of the visual presentation, because there's so much there to enjoy and take in. I really think it's a watermark for pixel art. But yeah. in that same level, the Dracula boss battle, did I, you get up to him? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Dracula. I, I love oh, Dracula. please do, because that yeah. boss battle was awesome. Well, that's all I want to say was I love Dracula. <laughs> He's like, throwing cards at you, which is weird. He's like got a little bit of a gambler vibe. But at the beginning of the stage, there's some goon that's wheeling out a pot of uh, blood. <laughs> yeah. Now, you got to remember, oh, I said boogie wings. It's like Boogie Wings. The people are really tiny pixels on the screen. <laughs> and then there's not. giant enemies. Yeah. So this little dude wheels out this little pot of blood. And I'm uh, assuming there's a woman, either a virgin to be sacrificed or otherwise. He grabs her and just gobbles her up <laughs> for no reason. It just happens. And again, that there's those little things, a little minute attention to details that like just really hooked me into the game. And I keep saying the music, but it's not often we get to talk about great music in an arcade game. I guess, you know, in 1994, it's to be expected. The technology was there. But I would listen to this music outside of this arcade game. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if, if I could download these tracks, I really dug these tracks. It's what I wanted Gate of Doom oh, to yeah. be. I wanted the soundtrack of Gate of Doom to be this. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, but like 90s sort of electronic rock. I dug it. Well, two minutes of Gate of Doom music is like that. <laughs> well, this yeah. is the same team of musical artists that did Final Fantasy Tactics and Radiant Silver Gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hitoshi right. Sakamoto and uh, Masaharu Iwata. So you might be familiar with their names even because mm. they've, they've done a lot of uh, fantasy-based games uh, for the consoles as well. Right. And that's a high caliber of composers there for video Definitely. Game music. Yeah. Um, you talked about a couple games in the making mechanics. One game that jumped out to me was a game that I had no idea it was actually connected to this. I'm like, I've played this before. Played something similar to this where it was fantasy and it was flying around in a, you know, an aeroplane. Sorcerer Striker. You familiar oh, with this game? No. All right. Well, it came out in 1993 I mean, by the maybe same I company, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rising. Yeah. I looked into Rising a little bit. 18 um, is uh, another name of their crew. Okay. Well, they put out a lot of shooters, and I'd equate them to a, a, their own kind of shooter genre, much in the way of Sekio. I'm not saying they're like Sekio. I'm just saying like Sekio puts out a sure. type of shooter. Yeah. I think Rising puts out their own type of shooter, and I think this game falls in line with the rest of them. Kingdom Grand Prix seems like it could be a sequel or spiritual successor to Sorcerer Striker. It's a little more limited. It came a year before. There's only four characters to choose from, but it still has the same trope. So I, you know, I don't know if there's any connection between the two games, but if you do play this and you enjoyed that, you might want to check that game out as well. Even the first boss really sets you up for what you're in store for, because it's like a dragon. You think, okay, I'm going to fight a dragon, but then it goes inside and becomes like one with this metal ship type yeah, of thing. Yeah, like a B-52 bomber and a dragon mated. Exactly. A lot of really neat skull head demon types of enemies in this. Mm. I love the mashup of skulls and dragons and uh, tech all put together and there's one with a baby riding on, <laughs> on a demon and right. uh, with an with an owl with a long tongue okay so insane 
there's a lot of weirdness in this. Uh, you know, we talked about some of the characters. Gain, the fighter, mm-hmm. who's kind of your standard generic guy. He has like a monkey friend that looks like he's from Super Monkey Ball. And occasionally, instead of seeing Gain in the uh, character window, you'll just see the little monkey there. He's all smiles. He's like, oh, he's always happy. Yeah, it is like a monkey from Super Monkey Ball. It's not like a, just a monkey. Yeah, it looks identical to those monkeys in Super Monkey Ball. Real quick, too, some of the other things I didn't really like about the game, unless you toggle this through emulation, you have to keep hitting the firing button. That's fine, because I understand that that's something that you get penalized for when you're racing. But when you're fighting the boss battles, it kind of sucks. So you're constantly hammering away at the fire button because you only do like short bursts. The biggest critique I could possibly say about this game is that the one thing that's supposed to define it being the racing aspect of the game mm-hmm. feels like something that was an afterthought. It's as if two different teams were working on it and they just mashed their game together. If you power up your ship, you're going to be flying through the parts where you actually have to take time to shoot. It's just very hard to keep a hold of those power-ups. A lot of your attacks can fill the screen, your normal shooting patterns. It's just very hard to keep a hold of those when the screen is full of other bullets. And it's definitely not a bullet hell game. I don't know if we mentioned that. It's a distracting shooter. Yes. (laughs) there's The patterns are not easy and the bullets are very large. But like I said, to be able to bump into these uh, enemies is kind of weird. You know, as long as you get past where they blow out their bullets, you can bump into them and you can push them back and things. Even the bosses, you can get on top of. That one crawling boss, I particularly recall getting on top of him. I did try to play this with as many characters as I could and through as many different pathways as I could. That's another thing. You can switch your character out at the continue screen. Yeah, Yeah, your continue screen. Despite the uh, critiques we have about the game, I would still recommend it. I think most listeners of our show would really dig this. I'd love to see a video from RoboDuke Mm -hmm. on this because I think he'd really dig this game. Just for the visual presentation and what it does with its choices. Put it on free play and easy, and uh, I think you'll have a better time with it. Mm. Because you don't want to keep pumping quarters into this. Right. So free play and uh, set it to easy. Because even easy is not easy. But you have a better chance of getting at least in like second place in a race. It does suffer from some Mario Kart-isms in that a lot of times one character will be winning the races all the time. And you know how you stack up. You stack up the points for winning a race. The person that is first in a race will a lot of times be the first in a lot of races. In Mario Kart, you're able to try to constantly hammer on that guy to try to make him come in a lower place. In this one, they really get away from you, and it's hard yeah. to catch up. The way that I noticed it was I had to keep my fire button like held down, and then I was able to go faster as well as heading towards the top of the screen. But as long as I kept the fire button held down and wasn't shooting, that's when I got faster. But you could still do bombs without losing speed. Okay. That's why I'm on this bomb thing so much. Okay. Yeah. And now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Go! <laughs> Ho, 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 ho!
Good luck, dudes. And as is the custom, not only do you get that great audio hint for next week's game, which I'm sure you all figure out. Dead take giveaway. The time, take the time to do that. Fucking spoilers, dude. Why Why do we give these clues even? <laughs> I think just to see how funny to each other. Yeah. You know, because we know what game's going to be on the run sheet. So I think it's just to see what type, if there's anything funny we could say about next <laughs> if week's we game. we get each other's obscure references. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So what's your clue for next week's uh, title that we'll be reviewing on Arcade Weekly? My clue is, it looks like you blew a seal. No, I swear, it's condensation. <laughs> Shit. Are they otters or seals? I think they're seals on uh, oh. the second pass of the game. Because that's what I was going to say, too. Oh, really? I, well, I was going to say, you don't want to fuck with the Otter family. <laughs> that's all I was going to say. <laughs> you do blow him. Uh, you blow a baby seal, Otter. Oh, you know that gosh. joke, right? That old joke? No. I just you know that in the game where you, you do. You want me to tell you the joke? Of course. All right. So there's uh, two scientists working in Antarctica, and the one's doing field work in his... Uh, vehicle it breaks down so he has to walk back to base and it's a bad snowstorm he walks back to base and he gets the other scientists they walk back together again they're they're just covered in ice and snow and the other scientist opens up the hood of the car and looks in and he goes to the other guy he goes it looks like he blew a seal and he goes no i swear it's condensation and he wipes his beard Oh, that didn't work. Uh-oh. Well, anyway, my ball fell out of my oh, whistle. No. Yeah. I didn't blow the whistle, believe me. I got all these out the other day, so here they are. Blast from the past. Hey, remember, don't be a jerk all the time, and we hope you like us. Bye-bye.